Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. The Redland Little League team's U.S. championship in the Little League World Series last summer has taken its place as one of the all-time feel-good stories in central Pennsylvania history. A group of charismatic 12- and 13-year-old boys from a small town took the country by storm, beating teams with much bigger populations, using an explosive offense and great pitching. The boys have made us proud with their character and how they've handled all the accolades since. Now the world will know the story, as plans are in the works for a movie to be made about Redland's ride to the championship. It's called Against the Odds, and it's what we'll be discussing on the first part of today's program. Joining us is Jameson Hesse, who is the director and producer, and A.J. Ferrara, who is producer of Against the Odds, the feature film about the Redland Little League team. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. How are you doing? That's doing it's well. Hess, too. It's Hess? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I should have asked that. You have an E on the end, though, right? Yeah, it's pronounced Hess. Though. Okay. I'm sorry about <laughs> That's that. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I should have asked you that ahead of time. That's Anyhow. Okay. But we also are honored, not that we're not honored to have you two gentlemen with us, but we're also honored to have Jaden Henline, who was a shortstop and pitcher on the Redland team. Jaden, thank you very much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you have a question or a comment about the film, about uh, the movie, uh, about the Little League team, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532, or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. All right, Jaden, I'm going to start with you with a few questions. I'm going to grill you here. Uh, now, you've known about uh, the movie for a few weeks. What do you think about uh, the, the experience that you and your teammates had last summer being made into a movie? Um, well, we never really thought that it was going to happen. We just kind of thought that after we won the United States championship that it was just going to like die down right there. But then all the attention that we received after that and all the places we got invited to, it's just been amazing ever since. Well, let's talk about that because the last six months have just been incredible from those observing on the outside to see all the places you've gone, all the people that you've, you've met. What's the last six months been like? Um, it's been chaotic, I guess. We've been to Penn State. We've been basketball games everywhere, pretty much. And I just love getting all the attention, like whenever people come up to me and just say congratulations for the Williamsport Championship or something like that. I just think that it's amazing that they were all watching and supporting us. Do you get recognized on the street? Yeah. Yeah? See, I didn't recognize you this morning. I mean, I I have to be honest. I recognized you once you walked into the building. And I looked at your face, but I'm I'm so used to seeing you with a cap on, and your curly hair sticking out the the, the, the bottom. No cap today. No. No. <laughs> but you get recognized without the cap, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, you know, one of the things in the last six months, one of the pictures that have almost become iconic is that picture when you guys went to Baltimore with the Orioles and Buck Showwater, the manager of the Orioles, and you guys kind of hammed it up and uh, played. He he was gracious enough to uh, play along with you guys. Was that one of the highlights? Yeah, definitely. Whenever we were backstage, I guess you can call it, we were back there with Buck and then we were all getting pictures with him and meeting some of the players and then he asked us for a goofy photo and then it's just kind of funny are you an Orioles fan yeah are you mm -hmm. most of your teammates are aren't they yeah it's pretty much Orioles and Phillies yeah well that's what I figured but uh being in your county it's kind of Orioles territory so I wondered if you were an Orioles fan besides winning the national championship what was one of the highlights for you or some of the highlights um I just like all the attention that I get like 
everywhere I go, like I said earlier, just getting recognized for what we did and knowing that we can help the community like come together, like it's just amazing. I never thought that it would ever happen. When you say the community coming together, what do you mean? Like what we accomplished, like everyone started watching us and they would come together as a community and see what we accomplished and then they would talk about it and they would have parties and everything about us and it's just awesome. Now, I know that you have gotten a lot of requests for autographs, for appearances over the last six months. Uh, what's the strangest request that the team's gotten or you've gotten? Um, well, I get a lot of requests for signing phones. Um, signing phones? <laughs> yeah. That's, is that something new? I, I've never heard of that one. I'm, I, I'm showing my age here, but uh, signing phones. Okay, what else? Um... Just pretty much baseball shirts, sweatshirts. I think I signed sunglasses before, a baseball helmet, bats, pretty much like that. Has your penmanship uh, gotten better? All those autographs you're signing over the, the last six months, or are you getting like a pro athlete and just scribble your name? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's gotten a little better, but it's still <laughs> They're not it's selling still them tough. on eBay yet, are they? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked. <laughs> Maybe we should check that out. All right, let's talk a, a little about a bit about the film. And both you guys just join right in. But uh, where did the idea for creating a feature film come from? Well, my uh, we were watching the game uh, last summer, and my friend from my childhood, Tom Abraham, one of the producers now of the project, he uh, called me up, and we were talking about it, and he actually said... Uh, you should make a, you know, he knows I'm in film, so he's like, you should make a movie about this. And I said, well, let me think about it, you know, because I didn't see it at first because I would, didn't really see the whole, everything that was going on because I was in L.A. So after uh, doing some research and following these boys, I was shocked. I couldn't believe the uh, the way the community came together and backed these boys. I mean, I've never seen that before, a community come together like that. And I said right away I knew that was a story right there. I needed to recreate this. And I, I, if I could recreate, recreate it, I know I'd have an inspiring film that baseball fans around the world would enjoy for forever. What about you know? non-baseball fans? I think um, it's really going to target both baseball fans and non-baseball fans because it's a love story. And there's so many great stories around this, what happened there. Um, we have to pick one to focus on, but um, there's, it's a beautiful story. It's a love story. So um, sort of like um, For the Love of the Game... And, and the rookie. And the rookie. Put those together. It's similar to that. Okay. Now, what do you mean there's a love story here? I know you're not going to divulge too much here, but first of all, let me let me interrupt you for a second. Jaden, I know that uh, since you've been on television and appeared in the World Series, that there are a lot of young ladies who uh, have taken notice of you. Does this love story involve you at all? <laughs> um, not most of the time, but like last night, there were a lot of girls there that were all crowding us. It's kind of crazy because we were all just taking pictures, and everywhere you looked, there were girls asking me for an autograph or a picture or whatever. It was like the Beatles. Yeah. That's what it was like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Has that taken some getting used to? Yeah, I had to get used to it at first, like at Williamsport, whenever we would walk down and watch games, and people would ask me for pictures, I was like, oh, you want me to take a picture? And one time I was at the mall, and it kind of like died down since then, and someone asked me per for a picture, and I kind of forgot about it, and I was just like, oh, wait, oh, yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. But the love story doesn't involve you. 
No. No. Okay. There, there are so many personal stories that we've come across since we started doing the research on this, talking to the to the kids and talking to the parents and the coaches. Uh, and Jameson's right. We, we have to pick one out and focus on that and build a storyline around it. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's not just about baseball. Right. Now, the script's not done yet, right? It's the in script, development. It's in development. We're, we've got a draft. We're working on it. But, you know, as we say in, on, on my end as a writer, the script is not done until the movie is actually shot. Oh, okay. So, so, some things can change. It will continually as, as change. As so, Jameson, just to provide some background for... Uh, those that don't know, that you're wearing your Redland cap today. Yes. That uh, you are a Central Pennsylvania native, and you actually played for Redland when you were uh, Jaden's age. Yes, I not only played for them, I actually played with some of their coaches. Really? Um, I played football with their coaches and baseball um, back then. Uh, I don't even know what year that was, but I won't even, I'm not even going to say that. But uh, yeah, so it was a very unique experience when I when I found out that who the coaches were you know, it was great to boys because I knew, you know, I played on that same team when I was a kid. And then to see that them become champions and then to find out that their coaches were guys I went to school with. That was, you know, I, who better to do this movie? You know? yeah. yeah. So even if the team that you played for was in, you know, one of the regionals, regional tournaments, that had to make you proud. Oh, yeah. But for then sure. to do what they did and do it the way that they they did it. I mean, as a filmmaker, it probably didn't. You said Tom uh, suggested this to yeah. you, your friend Tom, but uh, it probably wouldn't have taken you long to figure out this is a good story, even oh. though I'm close to it. This is a good story. Yeah. Well, what really got me was when when I saw the homecoming that these boys got after they after they played Japan and they were on their way home, and people just lined the streets, town after town. Uh, to support these boys, and that's what really got me. Mm. AJ, you're from Fort Lauderdale. How'd you get involved? Well, I've known Jameson for a few years, and uh, he called me about a week after Little League World Series, and I watched every year. I watched the games; they were extremely exciting. Uh, a lot of times, you know, Little League baseball, and it, it's more exciting than Major League baseball. You know, they're they're playing; they're not playing as professionals; they're playing just for the fun of it. Uh, but Jameson called me, and he started to pitch with the passion that he's got for the project. And it didn't take me long to say I'm absolutely in because I love baseball. I actually just finished the script on a, on a it's, it's a baseball movie uh, about Joe Pepitone, and it's out to direct us right now. But it's a, it's a love of mine, and it's, I'm very excited to be a part of it. See, Joe Pepitone, and when I, I had heard that uh, you were working on that film, yeah, uh, and. For those who don't remember Joe Pepitone, he was in the in the late '60s. Remember him with a little longer hair and right. a bit of a rebel. Uh, played for the Cubs and the Yankees. He played for the Yankees from '61 through '69, and then he went. He was with the Astros for half a season. And then he went to the Cubs for about four seasons. Right. What, what's that going to be about? It's a dark comedy. <laughs> it's about as it's about as diametrically opposed to this as possible. But uh, but it's a really interesting story. Stories and and one of the key words you've heard during our discussion this morning is stories is a film is a group of stories. What do you look for when you're looking for stories? Passion, uh, redemption. In the case of Joe, it's about redemption. In this, in this, in this case, it's just the passion that everybody has for the game and, and how the community came together. Mm. Uh, Jameson, the, the, the title of the movie "Against the Odds," and by the way, the website is againsttheoddsmovie.com if you want to learn more. Uh, "Against the Odds," 
what odds were they against? He would explain that better. This, in talking to the coaches in, in the first round of interviews, we did them on the phone, and I think Tom, Coach Tom uh, brought up the point that he had spoken to the kids about, you know, this is a really long shot. And, you know, what are the odds of a team being able to go all the way? And this is at the very beginning of the process. And because of that, they had lost in the state finals last year. Their, their, their goal really was to try to win the state. Uh, I don't think that they had any sense that anything was going to happen beyond that, or at least they weren't thinking that far ahead. And he considered the odds 99 to 1, you know, very, very large odds to have a chance to do it. And that resonates, especially since they did it so resoundingly in almost every game. Not only that, I think that the, these, the fact that these kids come from this little town and they've played t-ball together they all since t-ball they played together and these same kids are united states champions now that doesn't happen i mean no. these kids usually are from big cities and they take kids in all-star teams they're all over the place that's never a little town where it's boys that grew up together that all played together since t-ball that's right. what we're, we're talking lewisbury right lewisbury yes. population of about 350 people compared yes. to uh, you know some of the other cities that you know ten thousand hundred thousand yes. 500,000 people and uh, yeah that uh, those odds are are pretty slip, steep. Uh, Jayden, what about you guys? I mean, did you think this way when you started that uh okay, we want to win a, a state championship, but did you think beyond that? Um no, not really. Ever since our first practice that we had for the All-Star team, our coach was just telling us to focus every game at one time, take the game every pitch by pitch. And we practiced pretty much every day of the week. We tried to get our reps in and everything. And when it came game time, we would put our game faces on, and then we just tried to smother the team right there and didn't think ahead. Smother the team. You guys did more than smother teams. I mean, <laughs> with those bats. I mean, the, Mercy. You know, the, the statistics they kept giving during the uh, tournament, the Little League uh, World Series, were just incredible. The amount of runs, the home runs. I mean... Do guys go up thinking, okay, I'm going to swing for the fences here? Or did they just like, well, let's just play our game? Uh, our coach usually just tells us to try to hit line drives. And if you get under the ball and it just goes out, then just tip your hat to the pitcher or something like that. So you kids in Lewisburg are strong, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that was impressive to me was that you know, when you win so many games by a large margin like that, when you're in a close game or you fall behind – to be able to have the wherewithal to come back and win and bomb at six, it's, it's very impressive. Yeah, there were a few times there at the end where you, you guys did have to, to, to come back. And, uh, and what, was the, what was it like on the bench? I mean, we, we saw you on camera, and we're wondering, uh, okay, well, what are these guys thinking? They're, you know, your age, you've never been in this situation in front of such a big crowd, such a large audience. What were you thinking? How confident were you? Um, well, Coach Tom, he would always give us his pep talk if we were down, and he would tell us not to give up. It's still There's still a lot of game left. You still have a couple of bats. All you need to do is get one runner on, and then a base hit scores pretty much. Mm. And then he would just tell us to stay calm and patient. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. 
We're talking about one of the feel-good stories in central Pennsylvania in the last hundred years or so. That is the U.S. championship of the Redland Little League team. And a feature film will be made about it called Against All Odds. And uh, just announced it uh, last night. And uh, uh, I don't know, this is really exciting. But joining us today is Jamison Hess, who's the director-producer. A.J. Ferrara, who is the producer of Against the Odds. And Jaden Henline, who was a shortstop and pitcher on the Redland team. If you have a question or comment, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532, or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. All right, Jaden, so who do you want to play you in the movie? Um, probably Adam Sandler, but I don't know. He might he's be a little, a little too, too old. old. I was going to say, yeah. man, he's a little too <laughs> Although he has played some parts that uh, didn't show age, uh, didn't show age as as much as uh, what some other actors. So so maybe he can. Maybe he won't play you as like he did The Water Boy or uh, one, of the, one of those films. All right, so let's talk about this, um, uh, Jameson, uh, what you have planned, what you announced last night. This is not a done deal, right? Well, it, it's a. We're gonna. We're, we have a lot of different options for this film. My first goal, and the reason why we created this Indiegogo campaign, is because I wanted to give the community a chance to make this film. Because I, I believe that, in order to keep the soul of this story, we need to film it completely here and do everything right here in Central Pennsylvania. And the only way we can do that is with the community support. That's why we decided to do this Indiegogo campaign, to let everybody come together. Just like they did for these boys last summer, we want to do that again and have them come together and make this film. The cool part about this is they're not just throwing money in, into a thing. They're actually getting – we're selling T-shirts. We're selling other products. They also get the chance to uh, be in the film. They can actually uh, be an extra or even at a higher levels. They can actually have a speaking role in the film. Which makes this really unique for this for this community for anywhere really it makes it pretty unique for filmmaking. When you so what you're talking about is contributing to the Indiegogo yep. uh, fund and okay that that is unique. There's product placement. There's speaking parts. How yep. do you work all that out? Well, um, they're all at different levels of contribution. Uh, the interesting thing about it is crowdfunding is becoming uh, one of the largest fundraising methods for independent filmmakers. And it's a function of, of Hollywood. The studios only want to produce $100 million tentpole movies. Uh, so it, it leaves all independent filmmakers with limited options in terms of how to make films and how to raise money. This is important for us because when we raise the funding here and we reach our goal, we will be able to shoot quickly. Jameson wants to shoot this summer, and that's exciting, and shoot it here in Pennsylvania. Just as an example... It, if you were going through the studio system or a large independent production company in Hollywood and you wanted to produce the movie here, they would say, well, the tax rebates aren't big enough. Or we don't want to shoot it here, we want to shoot it in L.A. Um, the movie that won the Academy Award this year, Spotlight, took eight years to make. So eight years is a long time to develop a, a, a film and try to get it made. And people have to be very passionate about it to follow that path for that long a period of time. But if we can shoot it in three or four months and, and produce jobs in the state of Pennsylvania, that's a win-win. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say shoot it here in central Pennsylvania, are you talking about even on some of the same fields that they played yes, on? Yes, we're, we're uh, negotiating right now with... Uh, what is the name of the field again? The uh, Little League International. Yeah, and uh, we're, we w ideally we would like to use the actual stadium in Williamsport to shoot the games. Right. You know, all the rest of the stuff will be shot right in Lewisbury. Okay, right on the fields that they played on. Yep. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, what are you look? How much are you looking to raise? 
Our first goal, uh, we set our goal kind of low because we wanted to make sure we met it, and uh, we're going to have different levels of the campaign as we go on, but our first goal is $500,000. So what will it cost to make the movie? A lot of it depends on the level of talent that we cast. The more A-list talent that is in the movie, the more money it costs. So if we're if we're fortunate enough to you know to end up with a million dollar budget, we'll have be, we'll be able to pay more actors or uh, more well known actors. But conceivably, you could make a film uh, within the five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand dollar range. A lot of it depends on casting. Yeah, the five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars. That's that's what a production would cost. Now it, it could go up to two million if we cast it, depending on the the level of. Uh, uh, the actors that we cast. If we cast A-list, you know, it might go up more. It all depends on that, you know. But right now, to get this project moving so we can shoot in August, we need the community to come together and support us so we can keep it here. Because our next option is to have, we have to go to L.A. And I, I, my goal is to do it here. I want to do it here. And the only way we can do it is with the support of the com- community. So how does someone do that, if someone's they, interested? They go on Indiegogo. Uh, I mean, they go on. They go to againsttheoddsmovie.com, and everything is explained there. There's perk packages for every. If you give, like for example, for fifty dollars, you get um, a download package, a digital download package that has behind the scenes stuff, a T-shirt. We modeled the T-shirts last night. Actually, yeah, he's yeah, wearing one of the yeah, T-shirts. He's wearing one right now. Um, so everybody. So basically, we're kind of like a, a product company that we're selling, and we're using the profits to make this film. Mm-hmm. It's also important to know that regardless of whether we reach our goal or not. All the, on, on Indigo, they're called perks. All the perks are fulfilled. So when the 60-day campaign is over, we'll manufacture all of those and get them shipped out by July, regardless of what happens. Uh, if we don't reach the goal, if we only raised half the money, we, that, that's still really important to us because that's development money that we can hire an A-list actor and go to film financiers and say, okay, we have 50% of the budget or 30% of the budget, and we can get the rest financed. All right, so which character would an A-list actor play? One of the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I see you smiling because you don't, don't want to give too much away. Right. So, so one of the coaches. How do you go about casting? This well, is all new for many yeah, central we, Pennsylvanians. Well, what happened is um, I have a lot of friends uh, that I'm looking at in Hollywood that I, that I want to do this, and if they're available, I'm hoping they will do it. And we already have a couple actors attached to the project already, James Wallader and Peter Dobson. E.G. Daly, the famous voiceover artist, she did the voiceover at the beginning of the video that we made. Uh, so we have a lot of people interested in the project, and we're going to get more as I go. When I go back to L.A., now that we launched, we're going to get more involved. But outside of that... We hire a casting agency and we say, you know, this is when our shoot date is. Who's available at that time? So they'll give us a list of everybody available, A-list, down to B-list, to C-list. And then we can choose in there who we we want to send offers to. Okay. All right, let's take a phone call from Bruce in Lancaster. Bruce, you're on the air. Yes, uh, thank you. And I just want to congratulate, you know, Jaden and uh, all the players. I was uh, a coach. I helped out coaching the Redland Little League from 91 to 93. And in 93 was also uh, a coach for the All-Star team. And we went pretty far in our our tournament. Uh, And also, uh, you know, it's just phenomenal that they made, I think, everyone proud that has ever been associated with the Redland Baseball Association. Uh, It's one of the better Little League associations 
in in all of Pennsylvania. It's just incredible what the the amount of work and the amount of money they put into it. I think it's just outstanding. Hey, Bruce, thank you very much for your call. Jameson, do you play in 91, 92, 93? Did I play? No, I was, uh, I, I'm not going to give away my age on that. No, <laughs> oh, come I didn't. On. I didn't. But, you know, I, you know, something I forgot to say that's very important is, we're, this, what makes this so unique is we're going to give a portion of the profits of this film back to the Redland Little League so they can build and maintain a, a new sports complex called the Field of Dreams. And that's one of the unique things about this film. You'll never, see, you won't see any other film doing something like that. From yeah, a, that from a crowdfunding yeah. standpoint, it's unprecedented. No one has ever done that to our knowledge. Yeah, mm, that is very unique, uh, Jaden. Uh, when you when you hear just what Bruce was saying, he was saying about uh, Redland being proud, but all of Central Pennsylvania, I think all of Pennsylvania, all of America, were, were very proud of of you guys. And one of the things that uh, was often mentioned is how calm you guys were and how poised you were. Now, is that your personalities, or or just how did you on that big of a stage? How did you maintain all that? Um, well, we were usually really relaxed, and our coach would tell us just to play calm and play it smooth and just try to be professional. Everything that you do, there's cameras watching everywhere. Just be profe- be professional and stay calm and just play the game. Mm. I understand that the film will show a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, like practices, yes. and I imagine off the field as well. Like what? Oh, uh, from a baseball standpoint, we do focus from really from the beginning, from the tryouts, and then going through each stage on, on the way to the Little League World Series. Uh, because there are so many blowout scores, we you know we're not going to show all of that. We're going to try to focus on the close games, uh, but some of the behind the scenes things that happen in the practices are pretty interesting. We're also going to go back to the t-ball years too. We're going to you know there's going to be parts of that showing how these kids play t-ball, also right. how the coaches played. In high school, we go back the whole way to high school when the coaches were in high school. Okay. So I guess I shouldn't say too much more about that. <laughs> well, well Jane, just we're here to get stories too. You know, this doesn't have to be one that's in the film. But uh, what do you remember most about the behind the scenes, whether it's practice at the hotel in Williamsport? What was something you like had the most fun with, or that you always remember? Um, probably the fact that whenever we would go to Penn State. The football game that we went to, I thought that that was pretty cool. We all had a good time there. We got to go on the field, actually, during um, the first quarter. And we got to stand on the sidelines down there, and there were so many people there, and they were all congratulating us. We were on the Jumbotron there. I thought it was really cool that we got to go there. You know, we had the same question. And so we, we got the team together a couple of nights ago, brought some pizzas in, and we started asking those questions. And Jameson and I were laughing on the floor for about an hour and a half. Yeah, it, was it was hilarious. Yeah, it was the, it was crazy. We did, it's like we wound them up and just stepped back, and really? they just they just kept story after story after story. It was crazy. Well, when you get a group of uh, twelve and thirteen year olds together like right. that, and with the coaches too, I mean, this is experience of a lifetime. That uh, something you will be remembered forever. You you realize that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that and the movie even makes it uh, all the better because when you are an adult and you have a wife and kids of your own, you'll be able to show this to them. You've yeah. thought about that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So where are you going to be playing this summer? Um, I'm not sure yet. I I just play for a travel team and then the Red Lane team that I play on. Pitching and playing shortstop or what? Yeah, still the same. Yeah. 
what about the other guys uh, on the on the team? Because one thing that a lot of people should realize is the Redland team is an all-star team of the league. You were on different teams during the regular season, all came together as an all-star team. But what about the the, the summer? Um, this summer we'll be playing on a travel team. That's Go Wags, and then we'll play for the Redland team. That's Teeners, I guess you can call it. And then we'll play for that, and that's all the same kids, pretty much the same group of kids that we've been playing for since T-Ball. Go Wags, I assume the Wagners are involved? Yeah. Okay. Cole Wagner, of course, was uh, uh, one of your teammates, and his father is— Now, did you play with— uh, I played with Brett, yeah. With Brett, who yeah. you know played in the in the major leagues. So, yeah, yeah there's just so, so many good stories oh, there's here. there's some great stories there, and I, I'm so proud of these guys and the coaches. I mean, they're just, and they're all great people. That's the one thing that made this really special. They, these aren't regular kids. I mean, these guys are like— they're up there. They have the the just the uh, I mean role models. That's what you want to call them. They're the, probably the best role models that we have out there today in the United States by yeah. far. Well, congratulations on the film, Jaden. Congratulations Thank you. on Thank uh, the championship and uh, making us all proud here in uh, Central Pennsylvania. But I want to thank all three of you for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for a lot. Thank us. you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR news and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. All right, welcome back to Smart Talk. We had to get some pictures behind the scenes here, but uh, that's the way it works in, in radio sometimes. Presidential election years always generate more voter enthusiasm than other election cycles. Voters could even be even more motivated to go to the polls in Pennsylvania this year than in previous presidential elections. Pennsylvania's April 26th primary may go a long way toward deciding the Republican nominee and maybe even the Democratic one as well. Monday is the deadline to register to vote in the primary. To discuss the registration and voting is Pennsylvania Secretary of State Pedro Cortez. Secretary Cortez, welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Scott. Now, do you bring as much enthusiasm to voting as the Redland Little League team brings to baseball? Well, I like to think that I do, but I'm not sure the public will agree. But I can, <laughs> but I can tell you that, no, the, the story of the Redland and how proud they have made us in uh, just listening uh, you know, to the, the the members of the team and others talk about the enthusiasm and that experience is just uh, it's so inspiring. So I hope I can do it. If I do half of that uh, this morning, then I'll, I'm a champ. You know, maybe we should get those Redland Little League players to go on a a campaign to encourage people to register to vote. Great idea. I, I wish I would have thought of that before. Uh, Secretary, uh, coming up uh, Monday is the, the voter registration deadline. As I said, there is maybe more interest this year than other years. Presidential elections always, as I said, generate a lot of uh, enthusiasm. But just from the, you know, on the basics of it, uh, what can you tell our listeners about Monday and that deadline? So Pennsylvania, um, the, the lower the election code requires that you be registered at least 30 days before uh, a given election. And the next uh, election in Pennsylvania is the primary, as you noted, that's April 26, 30 days before is March 28, which is on Monday. If you already have registered to vote, you don't have to do it again unless you have moved. So you have a new address or you, you married and have a different uh, last name or you want to change party. Uh, otherwise, you don't have to re-register. So you only register once unless you're changing some of those um, that information. For those Pennsylvanians who are 18 years of age or older, or will be 18 by April 26, who um, 
are U.S. citizens, 18 years of age, and have lived in Pennsylvania for 30 days or more, they're eligible to register to vote. And if so, and they have not done so, we want to encourage them to uh, visit register.votespa.com and be able to do so online, which is our new feature for registration in Pennsylvania. Let's talk about that. That has been very successful, correct? Extremely, extremely uh, successful. So, so we launched online voter registration on August 27th of last year, 2015. Uh, by the way, we did it without a budget in terms of uh, paid advertising. We did it by yeah, we word of mouth, uh, <laughs> you know, social media and stakeholders and the counties were the integral partners in this. And it took us six months to reach the first 100,000 users. And we announced last month that we had reached 100,000 users, which was a significant milestone. A month and a half late, a month, not even a month later, we have had an additional 160,000 users. At current, as currently, we sit at over 260,000 Pennsylvanians who have used the application either to register for the first time or update their records. We had 37,000 on last uh, Monday alone. So, which is incredible. Wow. And that came as a result uh, partially because Facebook put nationally out for everybody who visits Facebook uh, a banner that said, are you registered to vote? And if not, it will direct you to your state's uh, voter registration information, in our case, our online site for registration. Well, that again, that, that's a good example of the power of social media, just what you're talking about. But did those numbers surprise you at all? They are. They don't surprise me entirely because, as you noted, uh, presidential election uh, does draw us more, more interest and folks that say, oh, you know, I, I need to participate. But the the reception of online voter registration, we had hoped that it would be this way. And, and But to get 37,000 Pennsylvanians to use it in one day is, is extremely encouraging. And the numbers continue to increase at a rate of at least 10,000 uh, users per day. And so we anticipate that we will have uh, certainly well over 300,000 uh, users by Monday, and perhaps we may reach 350,000. If you're just tuning in, our guest during this portion of the program is Pennsylvania Secretary of State Pedro Cortez. As you've heard, uh, the deadline to register to vote in the April 26th primary is this Monday, so we encourage you to get registered if you're not registered already. If you are registered, get out the vote. If you have a question, a comment, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. I'm curious. Those numbers are very impressive. Uh, Part of it obviously has to do with the convenience of being able to register online. And that's what you were shooting for, is that convenience. So many people use technology today, and it's just much easier for people to do it that way. But let's face it, uh, the presidential campaigns have been driving so much interest. Uh, What have we seen as far as changing parties, uh, people who uh, are registering for the first time. What about some of those things? So, yeah, there have been uh, some recent discussion about the number of uh, registered Republicans and independents that switched to Democrat and the other way around, uh, Democrats switching to Republicans. First, let's start by, by noting that in Pennsylvania, we have 8.2 million registered voters, and we have the potential for up to 10 million, according to the Pew uh, charitable trust. So we have a ways to go. But so far, what we have seen is about 94,000 
uh, uh, persons who were either independents or Democrats that have switched to uh, Republican. 94,000. 94,000. But we have also seen 69,000 going from Republican or independents over to uh, Democrat. So in term, if you take that in the context of the 8.2 million, you're only talking of a uh, small percentage. We're talking 1%, 2% of the total. However, it is uh, more than you generally see on a even a presidential election year. And I think you're right in terms of the candidates themselves may be driving the interest for people to want to express their voice. I also need to note that we talked a lot about the presidential and the vice president being elected, uh, or at least a, the, the primary, um, the, the candidates for the parties. But I I don't want the public to forget that we also no. will be electing one of the two U.S. senators, right. all 18 members of the U.S. Congress, our attorney general, auditor general, treasurer, as well as half of our senators in Pennsylvania, and all 203 members of the House of Representatives. So it's an important election because we're electing a significant uh, political elected officials, leaders, in addition to the, the president. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that because... So often that gets lost in the media attention, especially in a year like this when, uh, let's face it, Donald Trump has gotten so much attention from the media. Uh, on the Democratic side, uh, the race between Hillary Clinton and uh, Bernie Sanders, and that seems to soak up all the, the, the media attention. But you're absolutely right with uh, all those other uh, important, important offices that uh, will be elected. And we hope to have uh, many of those candidates on our program uh, before the uh, April 26th uh, primary. But you were you served in the, the Rendell administration. I want to go back to 2008. There was a lot of enthusiasm when Barack Obama ran for president. There were a lot of people who switched party registrations because they wanted to vote for then-Senator Obama, although uh, Hillary Clinton won the Pennsylvania primary. Um, how would you compare that to this, to people switching parties or getting registered for the first time? We're seeing a bit of an uptick on the, on registrations in terms of the switch, but again, in the total context of the 8.2 million register, it's a small percentage. But we're seeing the interest in uh, particularly the switching of the of the parties. What we saw uh, in great measure in 2008 was the new registrations that were there younger mostly. People. Yeah, younger people who were attracted by. A, uh, you know what back then may not have been called a social media campaign, but was in fact a modern way to reach uh, particularly the millennials in a way that is almost like you're talking the language of the young voters, and that created a great deal of enthusiasm. Whereas that today, I think there's still that level of enthusiasm in the candidates, but uh, not necessarily because the message is is for the younger voters, but it's perhaps is because it's a message that uh, is broader in scope. It resonates with everybody. And that is uh, one of the drivers that we are seeing in, in here in Pennsylvania. But the other thing that is, to me, is a, extremely encouraging, maybe this is not Redland type uh, enthusiasm, but it's just, so, just as, as such, is the fact that we have, you know, Pennsylvania, a lot is said about our late primary. It's the fourth right, right. Tuesday in April. It's way past Super Tuesday in, in, you know, February, March and all that. And there were an afterthought. And that's not the case this year, as it was not the case in 2008. If you recall, Scott, back in 2008, the last primary before we got to Pennsylvania was three weeks before. And instead of being caught in the middle of everybody else, there were still the contested, at least the nomination between uh, Obama and Clinton at, uh, back in 2008. And we became the center of the universe in terms oh, of attention from media, yeah. Oh, yeah. millions yeah. of dollars that were spent in hotel rooms and bar tabs and everything right, else, right. everybody who descended in Pennsylvania. 
And this year might be just the same as you noted earlier in terms of it could well be not just for the Republican nomination, but also for the Democrat. We may have still contested and not someone who had to reach the number of delegates. So I do believe Pennsylvania will again play a significant role. And uh, so keeping our primary fourth Tuesday in April will will serve us well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take some phone calls here in just a moment, but I want to follow up on what you said about uh, 2008, uh, the millennials, young voters. What about this time? Are we seeing as many, I, from what you said, I, I don't think so, but are we seeing a lot of first-time uh, voters, a lot of young voters registering? I'm glad you asked for the clarification. Actually, we're seeing, we've seen them, uh, we've seen a, a, a large increase, particularly with the use of online voter registration. Out of that 260,000 users thus far, which, by the way, 60,000 have been new registrants, and 40% are those who are updating their records. Among those who are registering for the first time, more than uh, 35% are voters between the ages of 18 and uh, and 24. So we have a you know and and actually it's, uh, 18 and 35. So younger voters are registering at a faster number using online voter registration. But equally encouraging is the fact that more than 25,000 of those 260,000 registrants have been Pennsylvanians age 55 and older. So mm. the technology has been embraced by everyone, and I think it goes back to what you noted: the convenience, uh, the ease of use. The 18 to 35 year olds are they registering Democrat or Republican or Independent? They're registering with both parties. And in terms of total registrations in the state, uh, at the moment, out of that 8.2 million that I mentioned, about uh, 4 million are registered uh, Democrats, 3 million registered Republican, and about 1.1, 1.2 are registered Independent. Uh, any kind of trends? I mean, uh, we've read nationally, I've heard nationally that Independents are growing. Yeah, the number of Independents is growing. And one of the messages that we are taking to the public is that it's okay. Certainly, you register the way that you you feel it best suits your, um, you know, your view, your views. Uh, however, we need to remember that in Pennsylvania, our primaries are right. closed, which means that only those who are registered with the Republican Party can vote on the for the Republican candidates, and for the Democrats the same. So, if you are registered as an independent, you will not be able to vote for the candidates of the parties because the primaries are just to elect the members of that particular party. What about ballot questions for independents? Good good, yeah, good question. So ballot questions, in, in this case, we have two constitutional amendments. Those can be voted by anyone. So even if you're registered as an independent, please do come to the polls on Tuesday, April the 26th uh, to be, have your voice be heard. But know that you will not be given a ballot with all the candidates like the president and others that we mentioned. You will only be allowed to vote on the two constitutional amendments. Okay. Let's take a phone call from Stephanie in Harrisburg. Stephanie, you're on the air. Hi. Um couple questions, and I think I'm going to probably throw in a third one, too. But uh, first of all, uh, where can I go to find out if I'm still registered? I remember one time being told that if you missed four elections in a row, then you had to re-register. And second of all, what's, what's the website for the, so the, uh, to register? And third, is there a, a non-objective or non-opinionated website where you can go to research candidates, etc., and the party platform. You know, you know, Stephanie, you should get your own show because those are three very good questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for your call. What about uh, finding out uh, if you still are registered? 
Yeah, excellent question. So if you want to find out if you are currently registered, uh, you can go to our Department of State's uh, main website for voter information, and that's votespa.com. If you go to votespa.com, there's going to be an option there. In fact, you can get there by votespa.com slash register. Uh, a status, rather, status. And it will. Uh, you can put in your name and you can put your All address. Right, so let's just clarify that just to be, go ahead. Yeah, so if you want to find out if you are currently registered to vote, visit votespa.com votespa.com and there will be an option there that will uh, will you can very easy to find will say uh, check my my status and there you'll put basic information that uh, pertains to you and it will tell you if you're registered and if, if you if you are it will also give you the opportunity to update your record if you have to because again change of address or political affiliation maybe your last name then the website to use the new the online voter registration that we're talking about can be found also at votespa.com. But more directly, you can get there by uh, inputting register.votespa.com. So votespa.com is the main site to remember, votespa.com. But if you go to register.votespa.com, it'll take you directly to the online voter registration uh, database. And so, uh, so that's the, the one. In terms of... Uh, what I will call uh, objective third-party sources for information about the election and the candidates. There's a couple of good places to go. The League of Women Voters have have excellent information on their sites, and uh, and out of Philadelphia there is a group called the Committee of Seventy. Yes, Committee of Seventy. They're very. Um, uh, impartial, very objective. They have been working on good government and elections for many years, for decades. And even though they're based out of Philadelphia, they have information that, uh, in this case, will include those positions because all most of what we're talking about here are statewide uh, races for which people can vote. So uh, the League of Women Voters, as well as the Committee of 70, and there are others that are also equally um, uh, I will say uh, unbiased. I, I think WITF.org is one of those. I was going to say WITF. <laughs> I was going to put the plug there for you as well. So locally you have lots of good information, and that's, that's certainly a good source. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> Angelina in Boiling Springs sent us an email, and she said, I registered for the first time this year via online services, and it was extremely easy. This is my first presidential election, and I'm excited. Can you speak to why we do have a closed primary? Yeah, and, and so it's, you know, technically speaking, it's, it's, it's part of the, in the election code and uh, the, the agreement with the parties is that it's a close primary in Pennsylvania, as is the case in most states, because when you think about it, what is happening during the primary is the election of candidates within the party to represent the party ultimately in the election in November for the general. So... A party, and in this case, party members, those who have registered with that party, uh, are the ones that, you know, the, the, the argument goes, have the, are in the best position to vote for their own people. So the, the registered Republicans get to vote for those who they want on the ballot among the candidates within the Republican Party to represent them in the election in November and the same for the Democrats. So that's the idea that if you are going to elect candidates of a party, it should be those who are registered with that party who get to vote. Please remember that in terms of your party affiliation, by and large, that is a very personal decision. Um, you, know, you, can, you can certainly, uh, if you feel strongly enough that you want to vote for the candidates on either party uh, through uh, um, you know, register.votespa.com, the online voter registration uh, application site, 
you can change your party affiliation from independent to either one of the parties. Come and vote on April 26th for those candidates. And then when you get to the November election, that one is totally open. Anyone can vote for anyone. And you are able then to have your voice be heard, not just on the general election in November, but also you can do so next month. So you can actually switch parties uh, so long as you do so before the 30 day. Uh, 30 days deadline before the election, you can switch parties as many times as you want. As the number of independents grows, at least nationally, has there been any serious talk about opening Pennsylvania's primary? The the, the conversation takes place from time to time, but uh, nothing that I will call uh, that is very firm or that seems to have um, much in terms of, of, of legs and, um, and possibility, at least not in the in the short term, at least for for this year, but there's conversations at times about, you know, the fairness. I'm an I'm, I'm an eligible eligible citizen. I'm registered to vote. My voice should count in every election fully as much as the next person. And so the conversation is always ongoing, but nothing that I would, uh, in my estimation, will become uh, law or change uh, in the near future. Not not in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania and across the country, uh, the equipment used to vote has been modernized a great deal. But at the same time, there also are criticisms it hasn't been modernized enough and that uh, with today's technology, we have to make some changes. What do you think? So, yeah, by, by way of backdrop, the Pennsylvania for many, many decades, in mo- many counties, counties voted uh, using paper ballots or the lever machines, uh, those uh, that equipment became controversial, particularly the paper ballots during the presidential election of 2000, Bush versus Gore, right. and what happened in Florida, and the hanging chats. And we never had chats here. We, no, we did not in this state, but as a result of the controversy nationally, what right. ended up happening is that the federal government acted, and Congress passed the Help America Vote Act, the Help America Vote Act, or HAVA, in 2002, and one of the requirements of HAVA was to change voting equipment to modernize, to get rid of lever machines, get rid of paper, and adopt, uh, encourage to adopt electronic forms of voting. And and some of those electronic forms of voting which are used include optical scan, which is like back in school when you fill the paper right. with, the, with the bubbles. Mm-hmm. It's considered electronic because the way the ballots are read or tabulated is using an electronic uh, optical scan reader. But at that time, for the first time ever, the federal government provided funding for the state's to modernize their voter voting equipment. We did so in Pennsylvania. We invested over $125 million for the counties to update their systems, and they did. Great. But that, as you noted, that was now 2006 was the first election in which we used the new equipment. Now it's 2016. And there are many groups, uh, including this, uh, the Brennan Center for Justice, who have done studies and said, well, see how much technology has improved over the last 10 years. And if you consider the life cycle or the useful life of that equipment, we're getting to the end of that. In Pennsylvania, we the Department of State has worked very closely with the counties, which are the ones that ultimately run the elections, to make sure that their equipment is in good shape. If the counties and most and all the counties have done so, if they have taken good care of that equipment in terms of maintenance, in terms of how they store it, they, they, the, the equipment is good. So we have good equipment for this election and maybe for years to come, but the department is looking into uh, certifying new voting systems that the counties may be able to purchase. Secretary Cortez, I always like having you on the program because there's always so much good information. What we can discuss in a future program is you know, some of the, the proposals that have been made to uh, change voting, improve it with maybe online voting, uh, early voting. We'll talk about that on another program in about 30 seconds, though. Make your pitch to uh, Pennsylvanians to get registered. 
Scott, thanks for the opportunity. People ask me, why should I come to vote? And I answer, do you care about education? Do you care about health care? Do you care about the economy and jobs and the future of your children? Those who we elect are the ones that ultimately make those decisions for us. So please make your voice be heard. If you have questions about anything we talked about here or elections in general, please visit our website, votespa.com, or call us toll free. We have a number, one eight seven seven votes pa That's one eight seven seven eight six eight. 3772. We'll be happy to answer the questions that anyone has. Secretary of State Pedro Cortez, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We have a state budget. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's program.